Hi folks and welcome to episode 9 of the Reload Podcast. My name's Connor McCann and with me is... Lee Maxwell. Nigel Lamont. So we're back once again and on this week's episode we're going to cover some news and events, things that are happening around the world, how people are dealing with this lockdown in the car world and a few follow-ups regarding last week's episode. Yeah, we're just going to keep things chill and just ramble for... I don't know how long. Yeah, like well, that. so different to what we normally do. Yeah, <laughs> just talk shit. <laughs> we, had, we had two weeks to research something we didn't bother ours. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, Nigel, do you want to kick us off with the news there then? Yeah, sure. I've got a few topics and I think you have too. As you said, we're in lockdown. The whole world as such is in lockdown. I think somebody said the other day, 4.5 billion people are under restrictive measures. That's crazy. Absolutely nuts. So we're a motor and podcast, so let's talk about cars. Um, yep. I seen an article, I think it was Auto Express, and they were talking about car sales, and obviously they have hit the bottom of the barrel. Um, the figures from March, it was a 44% drop in sales, but you got to understand that only half of that month was in lockdown, so that's only a 44% fall, but they had the first half of the month to sell cars. They were down 204,000 car sales, in the UK, and there should have been around 500,000 for March. Other countries, Italy was down 85%. They were in extreme lockdown, so you can understand why. Yeah, I don't um, think there's a whole lot happening in Italy at the minute. France, 72% down. Spain, 69% down. But as I said, April figures are yet to be announced. That'll be a real reflection on what's going on with the cars. Yeah, yeah full months of lockdown, if you like. What I find weird is... At some point, we're going to look back in 10 years' time and you're thinking to yourself, oh, I'd love a 2020 Golf R, and there's only been a handful of them made. I didn't even think of that, actually. Yeah, like models this year are going to be quite rare, so I wonder, is it a case of models that were maybe on their last legs and this was the final year of them, they're going to be more rare, more valuable down the line? 2020, uh, 7.5 hours, something like that. Yeah, they'll be harder got. It's a scary future for the car market. Um, second-hand market, I think it'll just be decimated, as well as new car sales. But the flip side of that is, I think there'll be serious bargains to be had if, if you do have money coming out of this to buy something nice. Yeah, there's going to be... You've a combination of the new cars are going to drop in price simply because nobody's buying anything, so they're going to be incentives from the dealer. But at the yeah. same time, we're going to have people struggling maybe who have lost their job or, you know, are hard up for cash and they're going to sell off the fun cars as such. So yeah. there's going to be good and bad for everyone, I suppose. I hope, hope it doesn't go that way, but certainly you, not. Can see a real ba- you can see a real dark cloud over the, the car sales industry for a while. And it has been a struggling industry anyway. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, there's a lot of change, a lot of pressure from European standards, you know, reducing emissions and they're struggling do you go electric? Do you go hydrogen? You know, it's it's sort of murky waters at the best of times, and then this thing's hit. Yeah, real low blow. Following on from that, the actual car sales. Another article I've seen, funnily enough, was about the actual production of the cars. A lot of the major manufacturers, they closed the start or middle of March. Generally, it was the 17th of March, a lot of them closed. Um, in Europe alone, there's I think there's well over a million people that work in the production of cars. All out of work at the minute. Yeah. Um, well, some of them have adapted. Aston Martin, they've been making PPE. Tesla have made ventilators in America. So they've sort of adapted. I don't know what. <laughs> I think it's only a very small proportion of the employees doing that. Uh, but, I, hope, I hope Land Rover aren't making any ventilators. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't like to be on one of those to take my chances. They'll rust or break down before they get to the hospital. Exactly. <laughs> So the focus 
in the last week or so has been when will the car production go back to normal. I think Ferrari last week started production in Italy. Seat, they announced and they're doing a PCR screen for COVID. They have 15,000 employees and they're starting production today. Is it 27th today, is it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they're meant to be starting production today. A lot of the companies are saying we're gauging the situation, etc., etc. A large majority of them seem to be the first or second week in May. Jaguar Land Rover are saying 18th of May. Volkswagen America are saying 3rd of May. Volkswagen Europe, they announced the other day they were start production of the Volkswagen ID, the electric car. Yeah, which was supposed to be released this year, so that I suppose they don't want to be pushing that back any further than they have to. And see it, then um, they're privately screening their staff. Yep, yeah, they're taking on their upon themselves to do that. But I think a lot of these companies will to get back in production, they'll have to scale the production back instigating social distancing measures basically, or some sort of testing. Yeah, well, I I personally work in a manufacturing environment for, well, it's in aerospace, making parts and for interiors for planes, essentially. All our guys are all split up. So you're, I, yeah. don't, I don't work on the production lines now, but those guys are all split with like separate working bays and one-way systems. And everyone seems to be trying to adapt and just how they can continue to move forward, even if it is at a scale back of their process, they can still continue to produce something. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's just a case of making do to survive, to keep the wheels turning. Yeah, that's it. I read something the other day I was talking about earlier on. It was either the EU or the world. I'm not exactly sure because I can't remember. In the 28 days since lockdown, 2 million cars that should have been produced haven't been made. It, it must be the world, Connor. Yeah, know? it's bound to be that. But that sort of ties back into what I was saying then about any models from this year, if you're after them, will be more sought after. Yeah. I wonder I will that be best. as much of a thing with us? Because I know, I think in America, model years is much more of a thing. Like if you have a 64 Chevy Impala or something, that's much more of a thing than, like to with me. matching numbers, with matching yeah, numbers. Yeah. And all that <laughs> stuff that we don't really go in for. But maybe it's just me, but I would have thought over here and we're more down to, if it's a Mark IV Golf, it's just a Mark IV Golf. And it doesn't matter what year of Mark IV it was particularly. Yeah, that that's fine, but it's more like the last and that run. So if you had like an end of year nine nine three Porsche, where you're turning into the the nine nine six model, yeah, you know that it'd be make it more desirable again because like a last off model will be worth more. But if there's less of the med again, then are last off models always worth more? It depends. Well, if it's a because I know with like the likes of the Golf Highline and and things yeah. like that in the past, it has more been because. They were coming to the end of the line, so they just threw all the toys at the last models. It wasn't necessarily just because it was the last of that particular model. You're right in what you're saying there. It's just more in that a performance car as such would be worth more. You know, when there's a big change from, I suppose, the 993 is the last of the Oracle, so it's kind of worth more anyway, and there's mm. m- there's more people after I, I, I think Porsche are just a special car market altogether. <laughs> yeah, compared yes, to where Fiesta. That, that kind of thing would mean more to a specialist car enthusiast than it would to somebody in a, you know, eight years time buying a second-hand Ford Focus. They're not oh, going to yeah. care. No, 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 no. No. Somebody buying a two-year-old Ford Focus isn't going to care. <laughs> I think I think here it's more important to have a its condition, service history. Yeah, well spec. And low mileage. I'd say you're right. As Lee says, even with a Highline model, it's just the spec on them. You've got all the toys in it. So, more Corona chat then. Some interest. Law enforcement stories. People have been out there having fun. 
There's an article last week about the speeding, because there's people giving off about the speed vans being out. Why are they still out? That's hardly essential um, essential workers. But as the chief inspector over here says, somebody has a crash, they'll require minimum 10 people from the emergency services at the scene if it's serious enough. Yeah, and like... So, I'm no saint on the road and far be it for me to promote getting more speed cameras out there. But you can't really say, or is that an essential job? Because that guy's sitting in the van on his own. It's not like he's doing anything with anyone else. I don't know. Commuting in and out of work. Some of the driving's hilarious. It's, what about your own? Um, you'd think they were trying to drive away from COVID-19. They were trying to outrun it. Yeah, <laughs> funny. I've, either, I've actually noticed both. I've noticed that. And then on the morning commute, if somebody's sitting at 35 miles per hour and you're like, get out of my way. Well, they're the ones probably scared of crashing in case somebody with COVID treats them. <laughs> <laughs> it might be far wrong to be fair. <laughs> so here's a list of some of the, the figures that came out. London, there was a fella caught doing 134 mile an hour in a 40. Oh, that's impressive. He was full Tokyo Drift, like, wasn't he? He was, yeah, that man's full of the pipe. Um, another fella, 115 to 40. Aberdeen, a fella was doing 130 in a 60. Suffolk, 80 and a 30. Oh, there's potential jail there. So, uh... Definitely yeah, a license some, loser. Some interesting speeds. I don't know if it's anything to do with COVID or not, like, but... I don't know if they're just trying to push that because of resources and all the rest of it. There's been a sale on £80 car park remaps. <laughs> Everybody's out. Popcorn limiters. That's it. Wop, wop, wop. D-turbos are in the tomb bypass. <laughs> also have some insider information from a close neighbour... He was giving the low down and some of the antics on the road. Uh-huh. I think it was public knowledge. There was a fella caught doing 112 mile an hour in the Belfast Bangor Road last week. And what's the limit on that? It varies, but generally it's 40, 50, 60. Hmm. Depends where you are on it, basically, but generally it's about a 50. Twice the limit then, essentially? Yep. yep. Uh-huh. Um, just And then the main road leading into my road is a 30, and they caught a fella coming down it the other day at 72 and a 30. Fantastic. Hope you get good breaks. But the the thing that sort of pissed me off, and uh, pissed you off too, because I was talking about it earlier, was he caught, um, they came across a car that had crashed. It was a drink driver, and he was six times over the limit. Yeah. Shocking. See, in that situation, like you wouldn't even pull him out of the car and take him to the hospital. Let's pull him out and beat him to death. I thought you were going to say you just pour petal over and throw a match. Let him up. Yep. <laughs> Aye, yeah. Say, Stick a biohazard sign on and walk away. Walk away. I have no time for that whatsoever. Like, But my God, that's six times over the limits. crazy. That's yeah. that's not someone that was caught the next morning or, you know, had a few beer and forgot themselves. I think it was, I think it was three o'clock in the morning, the insider. I'll not name, name his name. The insider was saying. Three in the morning. Aye, that's somebody's had a... A few pints. That's a house party. Uh, yep, and then nip home. Oh, so there'll be nobody in the road. It'll be all right. You were telling me about the motorbike burnout guy. Yeah, Florida. I think the old uh, COVID's going to the brain for people. Yeah, there was a guy there. He had a Ducati sports bike, and he decided to film himself taking it into the living room of the house. He well, he had the common sense, which was good, to put a piece of plywood down on the on the floor and let loose and done this massive burnout. Which was impressive at the start until it just filled the room full of smoke and then you couldn't actually see anything that was happening. Um, So he essentially redecorated the room with rubber all over the walls. Yeah, I've seen the after effects of it. That was rather special. Yeah, probably shortened the lifespan with the rubber in the room as well and the lungs. That that room will stink for weeks. Like, putting the sensible head on, 
curtains, anything fabric is going to reek. One thing I will say is, hopefully he doesn't rent the house. Hopefully he owns it. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would not like to be taking that after him, especially if it's been recorded. He'll definitely not be getting his deposit back. No, the landlord will have something to say about that. Yeah, some other OEM news then. Volkswagen have had the Golf R out, the Mark 8, around the Nürburgring. And yep, very tasty news. Yeah, for the, the first time ever, it's been out with no camo on it. It's just fully unclothed. I've seen a picture of it. and uh, What do you think? I, I find it hard to go past the 7.5 at the moment, but I think it'll grow on me. Um, the initial pictures of the Mark 8 didn't impress me much, but as Shania Twain would say. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it looked purposeful. The only thing is, somebody messaged me, and they said, what was it? They said, nice Hyundai. Yeah. And then there's two guys that live around the corner from me have brand new Focuses. They're all starting to merge. They look like each other. To me, it it has very French, like Renault McGann vibes or something of it. Have you seen it, Lee? Yeah. It's still, I think it's still a bit of an ugly baby, but that one, it's the R model, isn't it? It is, yeah. Definitely looked better. But it's still not fast. No, as you said before, like the the goal, the market itself isn't really doing much for me. This is a better, it's definitely an improvement, but it's still not there for me now. I'll not say no to it. No. Uh, <laughs> well, I was going to say not that Connor or I are likely to be buying one anyway, but <laughs> no, definitely not. So a few stats on that. Well, there there are more rumours that the initial rumour was that it was supposed to get the ID five pot, the two and a half liter out of the RS three. Oh. That would be so good. Yeah, so I put the brakes on that and said, nope, no thanks. Probably because the new people will buy it over the RS3, being, I imagine, slightly cheaper being a Golf. Yeah. So the, the latest rumour then is that this currently is a four-cylinder, two-litre turbo as normal and pushing out around 330 horsepower. Probably maps to 400, no bother. Yeah, it'll be something similar to what we're already seeing in the current hours, I'd imagine. It'll always go up a wee bit, but it'll be a similar sort of hike when you do boost uh, when you do map them did any did either two of you see the video of it doing their laps i didn't know no no i just saw pictures one thing i will say about it is it's totally silent there's no noise of it they might have restricted exhaust on it possibly yeah like there's all you can hear is wind and tire noise there's nothing there to the point where it's sort of eerie thinking is this thing electric but I, i really doubt it is at the minute well that's maybe directives you know carbon fed noise and quiet outside yeah, because the current 7s and like Focus RSs and STs are like that as well. It's all like pumped into the interior. It amazes me what they've done with this 2 liter turbo engine over the last decade. More than a decade, sorry. Like there's, when it first came out in the Mark V, my Edition 30, that's basically as far as you can go with Edition 30 before you start going hybrids and forged. Uh-huh. And it's 360 brake. Mm-hmm. Now they're bringing out, okay, it's the it's the great grand of the, the, that now Mark 8R engine, but um, you can map it now to 400 brake with ease. Yeah, the same architecture's there for it. You just wonder where the engine, where the engine will end up, but then future technology is going to come in, it'll be dead before we know it. Well, that's it, yeah. You're saying there that they're starting to build the ID3, and I think before was it last year, Volkswagen said the, the last uh, internal combustion engine they'll be building was in 2026, was it? I think I was misinterpreted. I think they said it was the last engine they'll be developing. No. Uh, so that'll be the start of the end, of, so to speak? Yes, that'll yeah, be the last so. time they make a new engine. So, look But at, an engine run can run for years. Yeah, well, if you're saying that Nigel's was the great-grandfather, essentially, of the current R engine, then, yeah, it could run another 15 or 20 years, potentially. 
I think yeah. I read a thing there recently as well. Now, please don't quote me on this because I'm just half remembering something I read. But I did see some manufacturers and stuff were appealing. I don't know whether it's to the EU or to state governments about they're not going to be able to meet some of these targets on emissions and numbers of electric cars and so on that they've promised, mostly due to this worldwide shutdown, that if they were supposed to be, you know, 90% of their fleet electric by whatever year, that they're just not going to be able to do that. Yeah. But I don't, as I say, I don't have any specifics. I just kind of half read an article, but... I, I can't help wondering where they're going to get all this batteries, all this, the resource for the batteries. Get her dug out of South Africa. It's the new yeah, blood diamonds. That's exactly what it is. It really is. When you actually read into it and where they're coming from and what's happening, it's not far off it. The pollution as well from the battery technology. I can't remember what I was listening to. It was it was another podcast and I really can't remember which one, but someone was saying that on the electric race cars, they have to ship the chassis and the batteries separate. So even the, the pollution and emissions from that alone is crazy. Yeah, I think they're a long way off making it... At work. Yeah, they're they're definitely trying, but the pressures that they've been put under to do it, they're really struggling with it. Following on from the Gulf R, I've seen the press release about the new Touareg R they're going to launch, Connor. Lee, did you see it? I didn't know, to be honest. Yeah, that's a, their flagship model. It is a beast. Looks mean as hell. 456 brake hybrid, 2.9 V6. 335 brake engine with 134 electric. Yep. I think it's 516 pound foot of torque. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a, a monster. To be honest, three ton, if it's three not ton an Atlas, if it's not an Atlas, I'm out. Lee's gone full American. <laughs> <laughs> I just I want one of those so bad. I think they're awesome. Well, this is, this can do not the 60 in five seconds and has a top speed of 155 mile an hour limited. I'd love to know what weight that thing is because that's a lot of power to move I think, that. I think it's I think it's three ton. Three tons just. I'm I'm used to older cars, but three tons mental. Yeah. What is that compared to Robin's Touareg that he had? I think it was two point something. It's probably about a quarter heavier, or if I didn't. I'd say a lot of that's got to do with batteries. Yeah, it's bound to because you have a lot of onboard batteries. You have a hybrid system itself. Now the motors that's going to up the weight. Now the only thing it will do is it adds for traction. One th- I did read on it though that you can run it, and it, this is a very German autobahn thing, but. You can run it, I think the standard mode for it is that it runs electric only up to 87 miles per hour and then the, the V6 kicks in. Then you're going to see some serious shit. Yep. At <laughs> <laughs> the nitrous button. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, yeah. I read that wrong. It's a, it has a three, three ton uh, towing capacity. Yeah, so it still retains its full legal towing capacity here, or maybe three and a half tons of full here, is it? Did I tell you what price it was? No, go for it. 75,000. I'll maybe take two. <laughs> <laughs> Although, saying that, the, R, the R50 that Robin had was the 5 litre, was a twin turbo diesel V10? Yeah. Um, yeah. What what sort of money were they in you? They must have been, couldn't have been far off that. I think they were 50 something. And then, what year was that when you sort of work in the inflation? I, was, I think I was R32 Mark IV year. I think I was 03. Yeah, so you work out inflation. It might be that much different. Yeah, I suppose. I'd, I'd, that's, 70, that's 75k. I put it right in the target for a lot of big money Jeeps. The SQ7 being one of them. Yeah, that, I think a lot of this, the technology from this is pulled out of the, the ID Jeeps. You know, like the, is it the Q8 that they released? Um, 
And the other thing I noticed in the article it said about those that weren't making any suspension changes, they're keeping it standard. Right. So you're going to have the standard tour egg suspension, nice and floaty and wafty, and all this power and torque hurling you down the road. They're just going to flip well, over. <laughs> it's not It's not often Germans go, that'll do rightly, but it looks like they have. Yeah, yes. that, that's what they argued. They said the suspension was that good that they didn't see any reason to upgrade it. I wonder if they touch the brakes, though. Oh, they're bound to have, yeah. Although, saying that, a lot of those tour eggs do have... You know, the, the six pot, like Porsche type calipers. And yeah. I guess where a lot of the Mark 5 to Mark 7 kids are getting the big brake conversions off. Yep. But an absolute beast. Absolute beast coming soon. Yeah, that'll be an if, interesting if one. Get them built, if they get them built this year. A lot of expectation, but whether it'll actually happen or not. They do say you can sleep in your car, but you can't race your house. But I think that thing probably combines a bit of both. Yeah, it is like racing your house. <laughs> Yeah, that sums it up, really. A funny story i seen last week, a week before, here in Northern Ireland, a guy in Ballin Henson County Down, he held his own private classic car show in his garden beside a main road. That's a man not he, to be stopped. Yeah, he uh, normally attended a local Easter classic car show, but of course it's cancelled due to current circumstances. So a combination of that and his 47th birthday, he's decided, right, I'm going to have a car show, so... I think he had two minis, a Morris Minor and a Rover 75, whoever had one of them. Maybe the Rover uh, 75 was out for scrap, was it? It was parked very neatly beside the other cool cars, anyway. (laughs) God love it. I think we have a friend who could outdo him many times over. Yeah, our friend Andy Maxwell, a fellow listener, he's a a man for hosting his own charity car show in the garden. Yeah, Um, and half the car show is usually his. He usually has about 15 or 20 of his own cars out in the field. Yeah, I think their last year, the year before, Andy's total was in around about 22 cars, personally, was it? uh, I would well believe it. Yeah, and he's like myself and the rest of us. He continues to look on for other stuff as well. A real man. There's a a couple of things he's he's wanted to pull the trigger on, but I think just he's caught himself on. I don't even know how many cars I have at the minute. I think it's five or six. And even at that, I'm sort of going, I should buy this. No, saying that. What, like a cafe racer motorbike and a Mark II Golf, you mean? Like the Mark II Golf that I might have messaged about yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah. for a bit of context for anybody listening. We, <laughs> we had a bit we of were, a Skype call. We were on a Skype call and we we're looking at cars at a car show in America. And... Uh, we're just saying how good a just a clean Mark II looks. Um, small bumper, just you know, nothing too drastic done with it. You can just see the cogs turning in Connor's head. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's actually something that's been playing in my head for quite a while. And being a sentimental agent, I want my old Mark II back. It's like one of two cars that I've ever sold, and I regret selling the Mark II, even though I have no real use for it. And I'd love it's to like take lend, it. lending your child to somebody for a week and going, right, you've had your fun, give me them back. That's it, yeah. Um, although the child would probably let them keep it, but the Mark II, no. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a wee 1300 four-speed rider. Um, very basic, I just love to tidy it up and I'd probably sell the Bora and, or break the Bora and put the engine into it and daily it. But I, I yeah. don't do massive miles, so being able to daily something like that would be great. But I, I could see you dealing that for six months and then there's an issue with the engine or something and then you just go, right, Show car I'm time. on R32, R32 convert <laughs> this. Yeah, that doesn't sound like me whatsoever and then it'll sit for five years. <laughs> At least. Um, yeah, cool. So uh, that's about the news really, isn't it, guys? Yeah, oddly there seems to be more news at the moment than there is any other time of the year when there's actually stuff supposed to be happening. Strange times, but there is stories coming out there. 
So moving on then to what's new with ourselves. What about yourself, Nigel? Have you anything there that you've been up to lately? Well, I was trying to tidy my garage up a bit more. I messaged you yesterday. I was finally trying to set up the V2 management in Macrado, and it was just being glitchy and farting about. V2, the error management, for me, I don't read it at all. It was a bit frustrating. Um, give it, give the Corrado a bit of detail. I was just checking the wheel burns I put in there two months ago, just making sure they're all right. Rear burns? Uh, ah, the rear burns just. Yeah. Um, I'm spending a lot of time looking on Marketplace and just on Facebook and different things for a nice set of magnesium ABS alloys of some description for a certain Edition 1 or Mark 1 Golf. Very That's nice. Looking at, but it's just mental money. Absolutely mental. It is. I'm not, like, I like to build things on a budget. I'm not into, like, blowing money on things. But when I do see something that I really want, I'm like, yeah, that's how I justify it. The fact that I don't blow money on things all the time. But when there is parts like that that you, you can't, there's no alternative to, I'm just like, yeah, go for it. But at the same time, you're like, this is a lot of money to hand over. That Mark 1 we're looking at on, uh, yesterday, the... Daniel Delic's white, white one. one. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy, the Canadian one. They were E48s, were they? E48s or E49s. Nice. I wouldn't be big on magnesium numbers, but yeah, they're in there. They're just, it looks so good on it. Yeah, it's a definition of timeless, that car. I still have two sets of RSs lying, and one of them is a set of 16s. I've actually brought them back from the yard to the house here, and I've been fiddling about with them up in the front of the Edition 1. Pulled the Porsche brakes out and started fiddling about, didn't get very far, so... That's about as far as I've got this week. That's a hard life. Two sets of RSs <laughs> and a set of Porsche brakes to play with. <laughs> God love you. Yeah, and nothing achieved. Yeah, that, that is. That well, is yeah, <laughs> I, I can get on board with that. What about yourself, Lee? I don't know. No? Nothing? Tying in with mine? Yeah. Yeah, so... Busy cooking excellent meals for you, Connor. That's what she's been doing. That's true, yes, actually. correct. <laughs> yeah, Lee's turned into a proper wee housewife and she got furloughed. <laughs> And someday, yeah. someday this is going to all end. It's a and offer. Yeah, well, th- th- this is going to all end, and then she's going to go back to work, and I'm not going to know myself. I would say, I would say Red Bull will be phone nursing going here. Any chance of buying some Red Bull? Could you buy it in there? I'm sure shares in Red Bull have dropped exponentially since I've been off work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Lee's went from four Red Bull a day to none. Shares in wine, however, have probably gone... <laughs> Sky high. <laughs> yeah, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh. That's it. It's all about balance. <laughs> yeah, well, Lee and I, we've just been, well, more tight in footroom, but really got stuck into the workshop last weekend there and cleared the place out. Um, I think I mentioned on the last episode that the place looked like a badger got into it and ripped all the tools off the wall and threw them on the floor. A certain badger called Connor McCann, I believe, yeah. was the culprit. A large badger. <laughs> So that was me essentially working on it before Christmas and I said I took sick, couldn't go back in. And then when I did go back in, kind of opened the doors, looked in at the mess and went, nope, not today and closed up. Yeah, the place is straightened out. And actually then it's encouraged me to start working back at the car again, which is good. I think the past four to six weeks has just made me realize I, I procrastinate far too much. Yeah, I think you're right there with me too. I, I, I go to do something and then all of a sudden, oh, I could do that in the meantime to put off doing that. I tend to start doing something and in the middle of it go and do something else. I've just been tidying up. Doing the task that needs done. <laughs> I've just been tidying up more around the house and clearing out stuff and 
I used to have, I still do, they're in a box now, but like, I don't know, a couple of hundred DVDs probably. So I've decided now, since I have access to all these streaming services and so forth, that I don't really need them anymore. So I've boxed them all up and they're getting ready to go once charity shops and stuff are open again. I finally built my new toolbox, my like tool chest thing that I've had for, I don't know, probably over a year that was sitting at the bottom of our stairs. I finally went up to the workshop in the week, pulled it all out of the box and got it built up. So that was good. And uh, threw a load of scrap that had been lying in the yard in a big pile inside one of the cars that's going to go to scrap. So that was a sweaty and spider filled afternoon. But <laughs> if I, I'd also like to shout out that if anyone likes to collect scrap and pay for it, come on ahead round. There's plenty here if you want. Um, what else car new- related have I done recently? Oh, I won an air freshener on an Instagram competition. There you go. Which was pretty cool. Um, shout out to Deadly Brand. I ordered a new part for the Jetta today. So I'll possibly let you know what that is once it arrives and it's all okay. But yeah, yeah see, it actually pretty works. Pretty exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, another thing I've been doing is checking out a lot of live streams on Instagram. There's a lot of people now, obviously, people are locked down trying to put car content out there. I think there's a growing community of bedroom DJs going live on Instagram in Northern Ireland in the last four or five weeks. There definitely is, yeah. Um, it's actually a melt. The Revival podcast, oh, Chuck, that's on it, he is actually a DJ as well, and he's been putting up a few streams, and they're actually really good. And then when you go uh, and look at the bedroom guys, you're like, what are these guys at? I uh, There's a <laughs> a local guy there in Belfast, a local influencer you I call. know who you mean, yeah. Yeah, and uh, he goes live at 7 o'clock on a weekday. And I think the biggest number I've seen watching has been 17. I'm surprised at that, to be fair to him. Uh, all I'll say is purchased followers. Mm, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Either that or people are fed up with <laughs> it. Uh, there's probably a bit of that too. People are bound to get fed up with it at some point. If the novelty Fuck. wears off things. You, you just, you turn your, you open Instagram around tea time and all of a sudden everybody's going live. <laughs> it's a rave, yeah. But here, fair play if they're putting content out there for people, somebody's yeah, enjoying that's it. That's true. But yes, we'll take the piss anyway. Somebody's taking yeah. the piss out of us out there, I'm sure. Oh, for goodness sake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, would so, expect nothing, I would expect nothing less. Exactly. Car, if they're not, there's something wrong. Yeah. So, Dog Pizza on Instagram, Michael Polly, he runs a YouTube, mainly YouTube and Instagram page called The Rabbit Hole. Mike's a big Mark One guy over in America, and he's been streaming and doing videos for quite a while now. Content's great. He goes into depth and like things for Mark ones to improve handling, real like nerdy stuff, which is cool. And good. he invited me on to his live stream there two weekends ago, I think it was, one Sunday night, which is quite late for here. Um he's doing like walk arounds just of older cars and you just sort of walk around either in my case the project, obviously the Mark Three, and just talking about it and you know what you're doing, just putting it out there for people and people so that's I've been watching his streams. Jamie Orr, another Volkswagen guy, he's been doing something similar. He's been he's a big grasp right around the world. There's a lot of people from like South Africa, Brazil, here, America on it, so it's good to see a lot of stuff. And then yeah. locally of just stance, those guys are doing similar as well. So it's it is good. It's interesting to drop in, even if it's only drop in for ten or fifteen minutes, you're still getting sort of car content there. Yeah. Get your fix as such. Yeah, that's it. But as I said, it is good to see people still trying to trying to put something out there for people to enjoy. Making the best of a bad situation. Yeah, because you could sit there and grumble about it all you want, but it's not going to change anything. It has definitely 
made the way that we consume media different and a lot of people have come up with much more inventive ideas and different things and people have tried different things and they haven't worked but some of the things like those live streams and stuff are definitely interesting and people are getting on board with them. I'm sure a lot more people are listening to podcasts than what they ever would do before and yeah it's interesting. Yeah, I don't remember the last time, like before this, I don't think I would have watched any of the Instagram live streams with anyone, you know, just, it, it always come up random, You're like, who's this weirdo in his bedroom? And then suddenly the now, saying, I ain't got time for that. Exactly, <laughs> yep, shut her down. No, recently now when I see a live stream pop up, I usually have the headphones lying beside me in the in the living room there when Lee would be watching TV and next time I'll just grab them, stick them on and see what's happening. Just listen to what they're saying. Bit of content, bit of information. Yeah, it's great. And keeps in contact and you see what people's doing. On a similar note to that then, we talked our last episode or the one before about the New England dust-off guys who are holding a virtual show online, the virtual dust-off. Yeah, yeah, it was a very good idea and very well executed, I thought. Yeah, so that, that happened, this is Monday now, so that happened yesterday. It's based in Thompson Speedway in Connecticut. It's ran by two guys, Blake and Tom, and a team of guys behind them. And it's been running now for a num like more than ten years. I've been watching it in PVW every year. You know they're doing features and stuff on it, and they've always thought that looks like a really good show. So when I seen that this was happening and they were doing this virtual show that everyone could attend, I was like, yeah, I want to jump on board with that. And we all did. We all did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. We got on a Skype call yesterday afternoon with Raf as well. Really no. enjoyed that. It was good fun. Yeah, it was brilliant. General gist of things was that they put together a website and tried to run it essentially like a show. So they had the layers of the track and each category dotted around it. So you could click on the category as such. It brings you into the cars and then you can filter through and see what you want to look at. And then what I liked about it was you have eight photos of each car with a description, but at the bottom you can leave comments. So it kind of becomes very interactive then as opposed to just flicking through like you would, you know, like say a, a modifications list or a few pictures of the car. So you can leave comments to the owner and they can comment back. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was very well done. A lot of thought went into the design and the fulfillment of it. Like it. Anna and Paul McGrath, like they had, I think everything was done very last minute due to the show being cancelled last minute essentially with the coronavirus. Um, and it, it looked fantastic. There was I, I didn't see any flaws in it. It worked brilliant for the amount of people that would have been in it. And then they had a, a bit of a surprise speaking to Blake. He was saying that tradition seems to have been that it's always a scorching day the day before the show. And then the day off the show, it rains heavily. So <laughs> throughout the afternoon, he had commented on Facebook to say hit refresh on the page. And suddenly when you hit refresh, there was artificial rain on the screen as if it was raining there. Virtual rain. <laughs> very, very nice like that. Yeah, so it's all about the authentic touches. You made it feel like you're in Ireland. That's it, yeah. <laughs> and so, suddenly it wasn't raining here for a change. I know, it's been great. So Five weeks of sunshine here. The Revival Motor and Podcast guys, they had a Twitch stream going. They were judging the Spectator lot and they went through different cars and basically talked their way through a lot of what was on show, which was good. So there's a lot of interactive stuff and it got people going. I kind of didn't know what to expect. I thought it might be good, but I thought this would be something you'll log into for an hour or two and that'll be fine. Lee, were, Lee and we I were on it. it all day. Yeah. And I was commenting well, I, I, on people's cars and chatting to people. And I was trying to, you know, instead of just leaving the generic, you know, looks well, mate. looks well, lad, or, you know, nice car or something. I was kind of, this is going to sound really silly, but I was trying to leave a comment on someone's car, like specifically saying, what I liked or something unusual about it that I had noticed that I hadn't seen before or something, just to try and make it a bit more 
like a conversation. I would like that. Yeah, you know, I would like that kind of thing more so than just like a like or a you know a looks well lad mm-hmm. that you typically get on forums. <laughs> Under my car, I got abuse, which is probably a bit right. Well, yeah. Well, that was will. authentic too. I do. <laughs> you, deserve, you do deserve a color. I've seen yourself there, Dennis, FF Metalworks. Um, yeah, there was a lot of a lot of familiar names that I won't won't mention, but won't forget, shall we say. Their favours will in be the long, returned. In the long grass. Color, in the long, in the long grass, grass, yeah. I'll get this. Then, it, was but, interesting, it was interesting to look at the American cars. Definitely, it's a different take on the styling, for sure. A lot it, of the cars. It really is. And as we discussed, on, we had a Skype call with ourselves and one of the listeners, Wrecked Ralph, and he had actually organized it. And I think it was a few more to come in and didn't. What, what we discussed was there's a lot of more, once, I, I hate to say a higher finish and run anything down here because there's a lot of high-end cars here, but cars that have been kept longer and refined more is probably the best way to put it. Not the usual two-year cycle. Yeah, sale. blow it out and away you go and try something totally different. Like Nick Kramarczyk's brown Mark II Golf, my golf is slow. That thing is amazing. And then you've seen what he did with his partner Rachel's car as well, the white one. Yeah, it was beautiful. Like the, the details in those cars, like those are two cars that'll stand up anywhere. And they're built yeah. in a double garage at home. Credit to them, like it's just unreal. Yeah, um, for anyone listening as well, Blake was saying that the website virtualdustoff.com will be left up for approximately about a month. So if you want to go on and check out any of these cars, do check it out because it's well worth it. And definitely don't comment under Connor's car. No, please mockery. don't. There's a lot of mockery. <laughs> <laughs> but here, the mockery ended, didn't it? What, did you lock it? No. All the slobbering stopped. Who got best Mark Three? All right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they I must have seen that picture you were in the balaclava at the show that time. They got afraid. Yeah, so it, uh, I messaged within about 20 minutes from a friend Casey over there, and I just said, don't you be coming over here and winning our shows. <laughs> 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 but yeah, that was a welcome surprise. I really only had entered, not expecting to lift anything, and just to support the show, and got that. Ronan Hickey, Ronan underscore hits 21, picked up best Mark II as well. Reckon Ralph got best in Cabrio class. And I got absolutely sweet effing. You got nothing. Me too, Nigel, don't worry. All that, all that, all that virtual petal wasted. That's it. <laughs> virtual miles on the Corrado. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, so that you was nice. to give the virtual two fingers up to that show? <laughs> I'll be back, don't worry. <laughs> no, that was that was a nice surprise. And What did Ronan say? The Irish aren't here to take part, we're here to take over. That's right. <laughs> That's, uh, it, it felt very much like that. Connor Hickey. Connor Hickey. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear! Yeah, so he'll be getting the tiger tattoo on his chest soon. That's that's what I'm after. Big tiger tattoo. Lee would love it. <laughs> Lee's, <laughs> Lee's looking in disgust. Right. Are you talking about a tiger like in Conor McGregor or a tiger like in Tiger King? No, I'm going full Tiger King. <laughs> I want a I want a pink camo tiger. <coughs> oh, Nigel's dead. <coughs> you right a long-standing cough. There you go. Before any of this COVID stuff. <laughs> Nigel's in quarantine. Yeah, so the Skype call went well. It was good fun to sort of flick through. And, uh, I was on for about an hour, but I really enjoyed it. Good to talk with Raf and uh, chat stuff about cars and different things. Yeah, one thing I liked about it was that, you know, you're sort of, you could look at American stuff and think that's the norm where you might be wondering about something and then you've got an American there who can tell you about it and vice versa. Yeah. You can chat back and forward and actually learn something about it, which is good. Plus, you also learn that he is uh, the fussiest man in the world. Oh. Uh, just about to say it's funny just to see specks of dust in the car carpets of cars and 
Raph just kicking off. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he's very particular. Or, or looking at the engine bay, there's a few wires. He's going, why, why did you not get out of the <laughs> I actually said to Lee, after we were off the call, do you know how you know his wife is the most perfect woman in the world? Because he wouldn't have her otherwise. Well, I said because she puts up with him, but... <laughs> well, that's also true. <laughs> but no, definitely, that show was a real success. And as I say, you don't really know what to expect. We spent all day on it, and it actually felt like you were at a show, and you're meshing people back and forth, and it felt like you were bumping into them at a show, which was good. It's it's really strange to hear that, that you enjoyed it so much, but I suppose just a sign of the current times. Make the best of it. That's it. I, I, was, I was sitting thinking today about, could you do that over here? But I think the mentality of some morons here, that, that show to me was a very community-based show. I got that vibe off it. Oh, big time, I think yeah. here, as soon as prizes came out, it would just all kick off. Yeah, well, there was one guy kicked off with the prizes at this one. and uh, <laughs> That so just made it like... you're talking about, Connor? The, the facade category, yes. <laughs> the authentic show experience. <laughs> and one thing I will say is... Myself and Raf proudly shot the guy down. Ignorance wouldn't have covered it, which was good. Um, I took great pressure and cutting him down rightly. And then next thing, all the f- all the comments were deleted, which was good. But meh. Ah well, it wouldn't the be a show. Kicked off. It wouldn't be a show if there wasn't complaints, was there? Yeah, that's it. And then the other thing about it was that all the proceeds from it were donated to the Foundation Blue charity. Another thing they do usually is they do Foundation Blue laps, which is the laps around the circuit at the show. So obviously they couldn't do it this year. So what they done was they held Forza races. And you could buy in and race, basically like a race series over the two days and work your way down through that. So the prizes for it. And then Foundation Brew held a raffle as well, which obviously Reload had sponsored. So we had prizes in with it as well. I think we give away a Track Rat T and a Thunder and Hurt print. Yeah, that's right, and a few stickers thrown in, so I got word from the guy today. We'll get that yep, stuff shipped out to them. Pleasure to do that for a good cause. Yeah, definitely. They're great people, and what their mission statement essentially is to provide cover for medical bills for people in the car community and also sponsorship of automotive chasing fees over there. It's definitely a worthwhile cause. Cool. So normally at this point of the podcast, we would go to questions, but we actually have a couple of follow-ups from a few of the questions that we had last, or not last week, I beg your pardon, the last podcast. Connor, do you want to read one of the messages that you received after one of our questions? No, because it's not here, but I will paraphrase and say <laughs> that our listener, Craney, Aaron Craney, messaged me to say that I talked about a fire that happened in the workshop while painting the car. And he messaged to say that that wasn't the only fire that he remembered. No, he's absolutely correct. There were at least two, and Lee remembers more that he wasn't involved in, so there's been a lot of mishaps, shall we say. You don't trust Connor with fire. I'm very nervous around Connor with any type of fire. I do like fire. Yes. It's fun. He's definitely a pyromaniac, but... <laughs> some, of, some of them are accidents. <laughs> so, I think the one you had talked about was with you and your dad almost set the workshop on fire while you were trying to paint polo. Yeah, that's correct. We also had the infamous time you almost set Otis on fire while welding. Yeah, so welding the Mark III foam block caught fire. Yep, we had that. We had the paintbrush fire where Connor decided he was cleaning out a paintbrush with thinners and was trying to wipe off the excess thinners against the edge of the stove. (laughs) Then the paintbrush promptly caught fire. And he was, I mean, you can't see me, but you can imagine him flapping his arms with a flaming paintbrush going, Woo! 
Was Benny Hill music playing in the background? It should have been. It I, was inside my brain. I regret not having security cameras in those days. It would been great to look back on. We also had the infamous leaf bomb. Yeah, have you ever heard of anyone making a bomb from a leaf, Nigel? I have lived for 41 years. No, 42. I'm actually, I can't even, that's how old I am. I can't even remember it. I can honestly, all the terrorist attacks and all the rest of it in this country, and I can never remember anybody saying about a leaf bomb. Well, I have patented the leaf bomb. Essentially, my granny, she had gathered up a whole load of leaves when she lived here. This was a mound, maybe half the size of a car, maybe slightly less. Mm. And she had asked me to burn them. And they were damp. And I was like, they're not going to burn. But, you know, grannies are like, oh, try it there, sure, anyway. And I was like, okay, we'll, we'll keep you amused. So I went out. Couldn't find any petrol or diesel, so I found some thinners. Lashed the thinners out over the, the leaves. Got plenty into it and thought, yeah, this this should get it going. I grabbed, like, a piece of paper, lit up, threw it onto it. Nothing. I was just kind of like, <laughs> you're sort of standing there looking, going, no, there's nothing happening here. So I thought, oh, I'm going to have to go get more paper. So I turned around, took about two steps and ignited and the weight of the wet leaves essentially with the thinners it soaked underneath it produced this kind of soft thud the blue leaves about maybe 12 to 14 feet in the air smoldering <laughs> there were smoldering bits of leaves raining down from every direction and your granny even came out of the house to be like what was that because it, so- it genuinely sounded like a bomb going off yeah and I couldn't really say it wasn't anything because it was smoldering leaves raining down it was like oh nothing as a as I dodged the leaves. <laughs> that was it. And then another story of Connor at car meets that we used to have, his favourite thing to do was to get the AutoSmart Berry Blast air freshener and use it as a flamethrower. You ever use that stuff, To Nigel? amuse people. Uh, and actually, I never have, actually, no. It's great stuff. It, it, it has a... Like a Very really, flammable. yeah, and it's a really forceful spray. Like you're talking maybe five or six feet of yeah, spray. It's a really strong aerosol. It lights really well. <laughs> you're you're a nickname napalm man, right? Napalm, yeah, it is so good. <laughs> so any, t- I think the last time I bought Berry Blast, legitimately to use in the car, Lee took it off me. I wouldn't let him have it because I knew what he, I knew what he was going to do with it. No eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so yes, thanks, Cranny, for the reminder. <laughs> and. Yes, he wasn't good times, wrong. Good times. <laughs> Following on from my embarrassment, I think then that we'll uh, move into the listener questions. Always so, good to hear from the thousands and thousands of listeners. <laughs> yeah, we only hear from a few of them, though. Our adoring public. <laughs> the phones must be off at the minute. It's the algorithm. Where will we start? We'll start from the top. So the first one there comes in from Neil underscore Anderson 14, and he wants to know, what's your favourite interior, modified or OEM? I actually followed up with him and said, are you, are you talking about like retrimming as in modified? And he says, yeah, so are you talking full factory as standard or transplanted in or do you go and trim it kind of thing? I must say we commented on a set of, what did you tell me those Recaros were yesterday at the show that I really didn't like? Oh, what's called? Trophies? No, the ones that look, I said they look like me in a swimsuit slash the Michelin man. Oh, the, you're going to get so much hate for this, but the orthopedics? Oh no, I'm I'm so not a fan. <laughs> Lee I doesn't like RSs or orthopedics, this is bad. One of my favourite interiors, what modified in. What are you doing in the VW scene if you don't like M3 things? <laughs> I know, sorry guys, I'm, I'm off to the drift scene here. <laughs> I think one of my favourite interiors, modified interiors that I've ever seen, is TJ's that he had in the Mark II Jetta with the little hexagon pattern oh, in the beautiful. middle. That's right. So nice and grey. I, th- I do like grey. 
that was actually one of the interiors that popped out of my head when you said about interiors. Yeah. I love that one. I think the fact yeah. that it is grey as well, other than just a straightforward black, is really nice. I'm generally a fan of black on black on black, but that one... What about interiors? <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's the first one I would say off the top of my head that I absolutely loved. Yeah, no, it is nice. What about you, Nigel? Are you OEM or modified? Uh, OEM. Um, it's hard to think of any OEM interiors that really like pop out. <laughs> Your Corrado one for a start. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and there you go. There, there's my answer. <laughs> Uber, Uber rare, optional extra or caros for the Corrado. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Matt McCammons Mark II, the Harris Tweed retrim. Oh, oh yeah, it's gorgeous. The absolutely t- stunning. Yeah, grey Harris Tweed against the red stitching. Yeah, and then um, do you remember Pete Matthews TT retrim? Yes. What was it like? It was like an orangey tan. Yeah, oh, no, it wouldn't be for me. <laughs> He done. He done. Like, it was an extensive interior trim, like so it was. Yeah, the detail, nothing uh, was crazy. Was that it when was, the TT was red? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I and, would say that looked nice with the color uh, and the minty yeah. color. Oh, was it? I can't but really they, remember it, but I'm, the way I'm picturing it, I think would be nice with red. There's two interiors who done them, Optos yeah. in Glasgow. Same guy done mine, an absolute wizard, and can do. He's not a one trick pony. He can work with any material and do any design. He's really into it, like. I guess Carl Robinson probably has had ten interiors done by him, and they're all fantastic. Yeah, I've I've lost track of what Carl's doing. <laughs> I tell you what, though, he has some serious taste. I've thought of another uh, interior that I like in a wee one. What's it? Which is the one from my sister's Alpha. So my sister had this Alpha One Four Seven. You know the sporty diesel model, whatever it was. Don't no, ask me because I don't know. But for years, I had been saying to her, "If you ever get rid of this car, anything ever happens to this car." I really want the interior because it's like it's just black leather but with downward ribs in it mm-hmm. and it's kind of old school looking and I, I just really really liked it and about two years ago she rang me up and said I'm going to give you your birthday present early and I was like oh right because I think this was like in the summer and my birthday's not till December and she said I'm getting rid of the Alpha and I know you always wanted the interior so I'm just going to give you the whole car <laughs> so <laughs> essentially come and get it so I drove down to her house or Connor and I drove down and uh, drove the Alpha back home stripped the interior out of it the plan was to kind of break it or see, send it to scrap or see did anybody else need anything off it because it's the same as a Vectra engine no one wants anything from an Alpha no they we really don't that. because it's still sitting there and uh, that was that at so, one point we tried to give it away and no one would take it that was actually the car that I was talking about that I threw all the scrap into the other day because the interior's out of it, so it's essentially just a big metal box. It's a skip. <laughs> so let's back this vehicle up here. What are you doing with the interior? Are you turned into a sofa or what? Or? No, I want to put it in the Vento. That was always the, the plan uh, for it. Yeah, they're a really nice shape of seat. It's like real soft plush leather. Yeah. And the nice stitching, the, the fluted design on it. It's like real, like a kind of modern take on an old Alpha interior, yeah. which is nice. For me, it really depends on the car. Like... Some of the early Japanese and 90s stuff, late 80s, you're looking at, and there's the Recaros, like the funky patterns on them. You're like the, almost like a digital camo, but like, they're like sort of oddball shapes of like purples and greys and blues through them. I like, I really, they're weird, but I can really appreciate that sort of thing. And as like Like a factory. The HKS sort of print stuff. Oh yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like stuff you get like R32 Mark II or R32 Skylines. 
but at the same time for me I, I do like a modified interior like it's going to get trimmed but nothing too wild the likes of my interior there went with the Recaro stitching and moved the Recaro logo from the centre over to the side of the seats like the rallies that you know wee touches like that are nice just wee tiny things make all the difference yeah so that, that's right that's it. what she said that's it you <laughs> <laughs> so moving on then Buster Conrad, he says, will we ever get to hear your normal speaking voices or does Connor love the dictation too much? Diction, as opposed to dictation. Connor won't change. Telephone voices on when the red light goes on in the corridor. Yeah, you guys tend <laughs> to speak normal, I think. I think so, pretty normal. If I... What do you suppose this is for? Yeah, Lee, Lee's very posh anyway. <laughs> Nigel speaks properly as well. I'm just a country bumpkin who, if I speak... You won't understand me, especially anyone outside of this country. I'll just sound like a terrorist. <laughs> um, yeah, so you don't want to hear that. So, sound like one, Connor. <laughs> Leaf bomb, shall we say. <laughs> and uh, another listener there is messaging. Buster, sorry, Buster's making a trailer for his boat, isn't he? Yeah, he is, actually. I'm, I'm watching that. He's got four kayaks to go on to like a single axle trailer, and he's putting serious work into it. So it looks like he the refused- sort of thing... Sorry, he, refused to pay the, he refused to pay the two and a half grand or whatever it was for the trailer, so he's making his own. Yeah, I think what he said, I think he had four or five hundred dollars into it versus like two, two and a half grand for the trailer. So yeah, he's going well at that. There's probably a lot of work in it, but it's looking good and you can tailor it exactly how you want. Ah, good. Fair play to him. So 413 Eric, he writes, virtual car shows like New England dust off. Could this be the future until life's back to normal? As much as it was very good, I hope not. Uh, yeah, I hope it's not the norm for the... Yeah. I, I get what he's saying, yeah. The work... I, I think that, um, just watching a few American guys at the moment, I think the way around it will be uh, drives with your friends, go out in the cars and go for drives for an hour or two. Yeah, if they let up on the the restrictions that you can actually go out and do things like that but not have mass gatherings, yeah, that's probably yeah. what it's going to be. Honestly, that's but- what I'm looking forward to. I don't know how I'm, I'm going to start a countdown. I actually have days, number of days since I set my ass in a car, but I'm honestly worried that I'm going to have forgotten how to drive by the time I get back in a car. As of recording at the minute, it's five and a half weeks from you driven. Yeah, because do you ever get That's when you come back from like a week or two's holiday and you get back in the car and you think, oh, this is weird and you feel a bit funny? Like, Absolutely. I, used, I am normally driving hundreds of miles a day, a week. And I haven't sat my ass in the car for weeks. It's so strange. Yeah, yeah, you haven't, you haven't been anywhere. No, I think what the New England Dust Off guys did was great. One thing that you touched on, Nigel, was there was a lot of like community with that show, and that yeah, they absolutely. really made it happen. So if you're trying to do that on a commercial level, I can't really see it. Plus the fact that it was a one-off that everybody kind of jumped on and went, "Geez, this is great." Yes, I think that's the was part of the making of that. Now, don't get me wrong. The work and everything that oh, went into fantastic. it and the site was incredible. But I think part of the reason was there is nothing else and it was the only one. Now, it, as we said, there's been plenty of kind of submit your car to this Instagram stories and, yeah. you know, live streams and so on, which are great. But this was the only really super well organized, really slick run. And it was brilliant. But I don't know if you could repeat that. Not with any regularity anyway, I don't think. I don't want to say novelty because it certainly wasn't a novelty what they've done, but, you know, it was a novelty for a lot of people to go, this is happening, you know, here we go, first car show of the year, but it's online, but we're going to go for it. 
I, I don't know if you, if you try to do it on a commercial level, especially here, somebody's going to look and go, we are making money yeah. off this, no thanks. And I think a big part of the car show is actually socialising face-to-face. Yeah, and that's why we were saying earlier about the fact that you could leave the, the comments below it. It kind of felt like that, which was nice. It would have been yeah. easy not to add that feature in, but we things like that were just really good. Hopefully not the norm. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it, hopefully it doesn't have to last. Clark has messaged in and he says, no Mark 3s exist. But the VR6... Hey! <laughs> God damn you all. <laughs> Clark has messaged in and he says, you have to pick basically between no Mark 3s existing, but VR6s and R32 engines do, or no VR6 and Mark 32 engines exist, but you can have Mark 3s. Which do you pick? That's a simple one for me. <laughs> well, we know that. It's harder for me because I do love Mark 3s and I especially love Ventos, but oh... Mark IV R32 engine. It's just the. It's an engine and platform that I love so much. Yeah, but I. I don't think the VW community would be the same without an R32 or VR6 engine. Yeah, it's definitely something that sets it apart from like your your Vauxhalls, your Fords. You know, they everything has their own niche thing, but it's a really it's a sort of one off for them. I know Alpha did, but somebody will correct me on that. The other flip side of that is the VR6 was. A Mark III engine. Mark III brought the VR6 and the six-cylinder in the PW scene. Yeah, is that kind of the popularity of a Mark III, you know, that you had that? For me, anyway, I would, I'd pick a Mark III, I would have it, and stick an ABF on throttle bodies on it. Ew. I, I love the lines of Mark III's. I don't know. I don't know if I can come down one side or the other. On the fence. So are I ours. can live out Mark III's if it means VR6 is alive. I know that you do. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd probably come slightly down on the side of the engines. There's going to be divorce. But. <laughs> is it the whole Mark III platform? Could I still have a Vento? <laughs> Do you want to come back to you on that? <laughs> um, Clark also says, are you using the lockdown time to make any progress on long-term projects? Well, I, I now am that we've started on the, we've got the workshop sorted. I'm able to get back at mine again. Yeah, I've made a slight start on the Jetta. Even though that's my shortest term project to date, not any of the long term ones, but you know. <laughs> a few nice parts coming at least. We'll get there. I think I talked earlier about sort of doing bits and bobs. I think at the minute we're a bit restricted by the space and stuff that we have. We had hoped to start putting up a garage this summer and obviously now we're restricted because we can't get workmen and so on. But I think that's kind of what's holding us back a bit as well. Anybody out there builds garages, let us know. Yeah, please. Please do, actually. You can come to our house. We'll do social distancing. I'll shout to you from the other side of the yard and say, just, I want this point, over here. Point, <laughs> show them a picture of what you want and point in the direction. Yeah. I'll go back to my old day job and set the whole thing out for them. <laughs> Third one from Clark. He says, if you had to limit all your projects down to two, which ones would you keep? Nova and... Mm, I don't know, because I do like the Jetta now, but the Vento... Mm, You've stumped Lee here. I have, yeah, you have, Clark. The Nova's always going to be number one. What about you, Nigel? What's your things? Mark 1 Golf and Edition 1 Mark 2 G6. I thought that would be the case. They ain't going anywhere fast. No, I keep my green Mark 3, Otis. I don't think you have the same right your Mark 3, Connor. No, I really don't. Do you know what? I'd really be torn between the Mark 1 and the other, the 1400 Rider Mark 3. Because I love that, but I've always wanted to build a Mark 1 as well. Then I love my polo too. I was going to say, Toby. I think you need to get a Mark 1. Yeah. (sighs) Probably push come to shove, it would be the Mark 1. Well, if you're keeping the Mark 1, then I'll get rid of the Jetta and keep the Vento. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Mark 1 in the family. (laughs) 
suitable arrangement all around. But I would break the, the VR out of the Corrado before I let it go. No, of course. There's <laughs> nothing to say you can't keep parts. <laughs> I keep forgetting you have a Corrado VR6 just lay in the corner. Yeah, yeah, lays a lot of stuff. Someday. That's why I want the garage build, get them all inside and you can actually work on them. And fourth one then, the last one from Clark is, how much does Connor pay the virtual dust-off boys? Oh. <laughs> I will say that that's not the first that, smart that's comment. That's coming for the biggest tro- trophy hunter in the country. <laughs> <laughs> that's, Clark told me exactly how much to pay. I'm loving his car at the moment. Yes. Uh, oh, that thing. ABCD4. Yeah, you're, you're not a near job stuff with the, the model numbers. Yeah, that, that white S14A he has is insane. It sits so well. It's probably highly in, unusable, but that's the sort of thing I'm into. Like, if it looks good, I'll suffer it. It's fine. Talk about uh, job cars modified. Um, Tom Candy's Lexus. Oh. See a video I shared on it? Yeah, that man can stand a big car. <laughs> The, free, the, the front subframe was just scraping along the tarmac. What is that thing? I think it's an LS 400. I could yeah, that, confirm it. that's right? what I was thinking, but I wasn't sure. He had a gold one. That's right. sold it. And V8, I think they are, aren't he, they? I think he bought a 7 Series with a plan. That, was it a 7 Series? He bought a few things. He's a really nice daily yeah. driver. The TDI S4, Rep A4. Yeah. I love yeah. that thing. He's reselling it now. He bought, bought another B5. That's right, yeah. It met a sad end. Yeah, he's bought another LS400 and he's just finished stancing and putting wheels on it. I was out walking the dog the other night and he drove out of his house and the thing just has so much presence. Yeah, it's just like, it's like a big square block rolling at you. And it just rumbles along the big V8. Yeah, here, tell you what, expect the right time for a V8, the, the fuel prices at the minute. Next one then we have is Jackie underscore 195. He says, and he's going to get slapped for this one. Will Connor ever buy a bike and stop yapping about it? <laughs> here, 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 yep. here, Jake. Well said. He does I, have a bike in a million bits. He just hasn't built it. I also have another talk, bike that's fully built. Bikes. I see Clark. I talk about Clark and bikes. I see he has bought a bike as well. Yeah, I don't even know. Or um, maybe he doesn't have a license yet, or what the story is. But he's building a cafe racer as well. Yeah, I, I think, think he, he. I think he got that off Pete, who has a severe collection of bikes. Pete's a bit like myself. He likes to likes to hoard. Like a dabble, he's building a uh, what do you call them? We funky bikes. It's a Honda. It's the Honda Grom. I think he's building them and he's stretching it. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, that'll be cool. That was meant to be on a trailer on the back of the Golf R estate for the dub sheds. It was. That's right. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stuff there. Yeah, another one there. Just seen on social media this evening too is another listener, Nalo Dowd. He's just sold the Lamborghini. He was he sold it. it. Yeah, he sold it. Yeah, he was supposed to have had a dub shed as well. Now it's gone. So I tell you what, he's some sales guy. If he can sell a car like that at the moment, Flipper, right? <laughs> for a play to him. I actually just seen a video we put on there. That it must have been the night of him doing a flyby. That that was it. That was the last run on it. Jeepers. Yeah. So here, fair play. He's lived the dream on that. The big question is, what's next? It's maybe back to the lupo. I don't know. <laughs> I'd be that a hard man, step that, back. That man seems seems to keep. Just stepping up and stepping up, so it'll be exciting to see what it goes for next. Yeah, definitely be interesting to know where you would go after that. Ronan underscore hits 21. He says, if you had to swap your car for something Jap or American, what would it be? I'd swap for an R32 GTR. Um, I'm going to assume that he's taking monetary value out of this because my stuff isn't worth very much. I'd, yeah, be, sw- I'd, <laughs> I'd be swapping for a 1.3 Civic. I, I, yeah, I don't think he's talking monetary. It's just, you know, if you had to part with it. Yeah. I think... I'm a big fan of the pre-2000 job stuff. Um, I just love the look of the R- RX-7. Yeah. Uh, big horsepower, one of them. 
or a first generation Skyline with modern running gear, like a retro fit sort of. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Are you talking like the really, really early Skylines? There's a first gen, I forget the codes of them. Yeah. The one that looks a bit like a Mustang. On the top of the wings. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, the ears are on the ball. That one, yeah, I'm, I'm lost before the R31. I know the one you're on about. Yeah, stuff I like guess that. Would be cool. the 70s. Yeah, um, would be they have a big money now. See, I, I follow just box on YouTube. They go around Ireland and Japan, just looking at all these old Jap stuff. And the older Jap stuff just does something for me. It's just so good looking. Yeah, they're timeless. I think a lot of that was aimed towards the American market. You know, they're trying to emulate what was happening there, and that's where they've really come into it. Early Salikas and stuff like that. I already know my answer. It's uh, Mitsubishi Galant VR4. Kind of metallic-y purple-grey that they came in. And lowered on a set of bronze three-spoke advance. I already have this plan. Someday I hope it will happen. But I don't know if it ever will. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, American or chap. Either would go for me. Like, there's so much stuff. Like, uh, that R32 GTR he's talking about, yeah. Even Mark IV Supra, I'd be all over that. American. I, n- I never even thought of Supras right enough. Yeah, Mark IV Supra, those things are, they're just so cool. Oh, Tommy Mackinan, Tommy Mackinan Evo 6. Yeah. The Galant yeah. would be an estate, by the way. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, even Evos and things like that. I don't know. Nailing it down on something, you're probably going early 90s job. R32, probably, yeah, I would have to have to side with them there. Although I do, as underpowered as it would be compared to it, I do like a good Civic. Or, no, I changed my mind, NSX. Yeah, okay, I'm there. Oh, you pulled that one out of the bag, Connor? <laughs> yeah, NSX, that's what I'm doing. There's loads of American stuff that I really like, but I honestly don't know that much about it. Yeah. But just something big and obnoxious and a massive engine and too wide for the road here and sounds like me something out of something out of street outlaws yeah it would have full <laughs> the the hopping hydraulics for sure that's Please i would do, i would go with that full snoop dog <laughs> oh. um i remember seeing those lowrider uk lowrider guys that fed it a few years ago oh awesome and that stuff is just so cool your fella um who has it sold as Mark One, and he's doing a full low rider. Oh yeah, Smith Jack. Yeah, Jack Smith. Yeah, he's he got rid of that like the US style Mark One. Yeah, yeah. There's a few guys over there doing a lot of that low rider stuff, and I think he's a painter as well. He's he's done a lot yeah, of. I think he is. That thing's cool. Yeah, I just know nothing about them. Another one then from Ronan. He says, "Fuck Mari Kill, Mark Four R Thirty Two, Mark Seven R, B Five RS Four. That's easy." Mary, the Mark IV R32, because that's literally my answer to everything. Um, <laughs> kill, kill the Mark VII because snore, and have the RS4 as the weekend car done. I'd actually be bang on with there. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Nigel? So you daily the Mark IV. Yeah, I know with the miles that I do, that might seem unrealistic, but you know, yeah, it's I'd a make fantasy it work. world. Go for it. <laughs> That's one thing I hated about my R32 was the seats. Them Koenig seats were crap. Really? Oh, they're so uncomfortable in long drives. Oh, that's that's disappointing. Oh, they are ugly as sin, though. Yeah, it doesn't say if you're allowed to modify it or not, though, so, you know, you could stick some nice them, seats on it. Rip them out and put a set of pole positions <laughs> Yep, pole positions for the win. <laughs> I think I'd probably go along the same. B5 RS4 in yellow. That's me. I love that. Red. 
What would you like? Grey. Mm, strong choice. What else have we got there? Bert, B13RRT. I see Bert's actually back working with the Mark V. That is a cool car. Oh, I'm following that, yeah, with great interest. Oh, that's great to see. Looking to see that back so on the road again. He's building a set of, I don't even know what size they are, but they're big BBSs, three-piece. And he says, for anyone who hasn't split and rebuilt wheels, what sealant do you use and any steps to follow? Anyone want to feel that? Don't do whatever Gethin did with Paul Evans's wheels at Dumpshed. In fairness to Gethin, <laughs> those were built and sealed and tires on them within about four hours. Yeah, that, that is not the standard. Don't do that. Do not recommend. Yeah, he was under a bit of pressure that day. <laughs> but you would use bone sealer worth. Do you use that kind of do? Yeah, Gethin had recommended us for Matt's wheels and I couldn't get it at the time. I was like, yeah, this other stuff will work. It didn't. It really didn't, and I, my heart was broke with those wheels. One thing I will say, if you're using zero lips, and it goes against everything that I do with split wheels, you need to run a small bead of sealer around, like between the faces, like the mountain flange of the lips, and clamp down onto it to seal them, because it, it will not seal otherwise with the the zero lip stuff. I don't know why. It's not something I like doing, because I'm always afraid of like it compressing and then the bolts loosening, but it's just something you have to do. But if they're normal build... Make sure they're spotlessly clean. Bolt them together dry. Tape off either side of the joint and apply a nice band to it. If you can get some kind of a roller or something set up like Matt had with his, yeah, that definitely makes the job a lot easier it to does. get like a smooth... Yeah, and a nice run around it. Yeah. And as you say, Nigel, that worth, the worth sealer, the Bonton sealer, brilliant. Yeah, I think it's it's, it's the best about and I think... Um, just making sure all the surfaces are clean before you stop it. Make, make sure everything's stripped back. And, and yeah. torque everything to spec. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Bert likely knows this, but for those who don't, in a star pattern, you know, start crisscross pattern, lower torque than normal, and work your way around the wheel, and then bump it up to the proper torque and go again. It takes forever to do. It's such a laborious job, but it's it's well worth it. Yep. And if you've done it right, you know you're going down the road, you could be doing 80, 100 plus, and you know they're not going to fall apart on you, which is nice. That's always handy. It is always good, yeah. <laughs> okay, so another one there we have from David underscore Jack underscore Hill. He says, what builds has everyone got their eyes on in quarantine? He's currently watching Ben Lawrence's Turbo Beetle build. Yeah, it's enjoyable. Um, with Ben Lawrence, you get two for a price of one, because you get to watch his build, and then he gets to at night and does a live DJ set. He does, yeah. It's actually great to watch. <laughs> yeah, I think Ben used to DJ back in the day as well, so he's actually uh, some good old school tunes. Yeah, a lot of orbital and different tunes going on. Great. Yeah, that's a, that's a great build he's watching because he, he had a full drag spec, Urkel Beetle, before that. Very competitive one too. Yeah, it, it was an animal and he sold it. I think he got into Focus ST and then he bought another Beetle to build with his daughter just as a sort of low budget fun to get her involved and they decided you know what's low budget and fun we'll turbo it <laughs> yeah but the last time i was up with him it is low budget still he's just bits and pieces building oh yeah oh don't get me wrong it's still low budget but i think it's gone beyond what he had imagined matt downley has now painted it and like a oh, peppermint green it's so nice yeah better to see what wheezy goes for yeah it will actually but that that's things gonna be really cool are you watching anything in particular yeah, quite a few. I actually quite enjoy watching updates on both the Hillboys builds. Yeah. Um, the Polo and Jamie's Mini. I've been watching the Mini build for, what is it, must be three or four years now, is it? Yeah, it's quite a while that's going on. The, the detail in that's crazy. And then... Yeah, it's great. The Polo, they're just, they're making strong headway with it. 
as enjoyable outside of Farwell. Probably, I'm enjoying watching Gethin trying to rebuild it. <laughs> Mark Shucks are gearbox at the moment. <laughs> I I don't envy Gethin with that build at the minute. <laughs> That's uh, he was messaging yeah. me a bit about it, and it's it just it? sounds like a headache. Every so on Facebook, you see this question on uh, owner Mark Mark Six owners group or a tuning page or something going. What is, what, what's this thing do? Do you know what? I don't blame the slightest. I don't do gearboxes, and I especially don't do DSG gearboxes. Builds, probably. I'm a big fanboy of the Driftworks YouTube channel, and he's doing a lot of work on about two or three different cars. One of them is just the E46 V10 conversion. He's just doing a full restoration on that. It's just crazy lengths of detail he's going to on it. Plus, he's doing a bit of work on his 964 Turbo. It's a hard life. But he, he's a full pedal head. That's yeah, he's therapy. fully submerged in that. In America, I actually quite like Jimmy Oak's YouTube channel. Yeah. He's a friend, he's a friend of Adam LZ. Yeah, I picked him up he's, through the Revival podcast, and he's really interesting stuff. Yeah, he's like a more Euro Adam LZ budget guy. Mm-hmm. He's doing the E36 at the moment with a turbo conversion, and he's doing some real tidy work. He's not OCD tidy, but when he puts his mind to it, he can be. But Everything's right with it. It's enjoyable to watch because you know there's a sort of budget going on. Whereas Adam LZ, companies are throwing parts at them, you know, that way. There's an element of budget build with uh, Jimmy Oaks's builds, and it's it's very good, actually. That's good because it's relatable. Yeah. Um, and then I've, I've been watching a lot lately because his friend Brian, he is a Corrado, and he's just finished, after four years, finishing his 18T converted Mark II Golf. Oh, yeah. So, That's uh, a nice combination. That's a good YouTube channel. There's plenty of builds in it. I'm quite enjoying it. Oh, do you like? As we said, I'm glad to see Bart back on the scene and back at the Mark V again. Yeah, I think his travels were cut short. He's a bit back a bit sooner than he thought. Yeah. Um, one thing that I've been watching that's not strictly a build, but uh, Robin from Studio 10, who we had on a while ago, oh, yeah. <laughs> and his Discovery, which he bought, I think, as a get this for a bit of crack to go and do a bit of off-roading and stuff in and he has literally cleaned polished and detailed that thing to within an inch of its life and I'm just going what are you doing you crazy bastard you're gonna take that out in the mud and hoon around in it what are you doing <laughs> but that's his thing I guess <laughs> I can just imagine dry- him taking it up a, up a mountain somewhere getting muck all up the side of it, and have a combination of, this is fun, and, oh my God, what am I doing to this thing? <laughs> no, he's probably, he's probably, he'll probably get much enjoyment as getting it dirty, as cleaning it and again. And cleaning it again, yeah. Yeah, he's a freak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that thing's tidier than anything I've ever built. He is a crazy bastard. <laughs> the, big, the big question is, when's he going to get his hair cut properly? <laughs> He's not like that. <laughs> oh man, dear. <laughs> man likes to look sharp. Oh, did you watch Andy Maxwell getting his hair cut there? I'm telling you, Andy's look well. If I had her, like that, I'd be happy. Well, it was first class job, but did you see the before picture? Oh, before, yeah. <laughs> be fair, again, if I had her, like his before picture, I'd be happy. Is <laughs> oh, it times, I guess, you're happy enough to be bald and you can just buzz over? Oh, yep, absolutely. I think I'm, I'm getting that way at the moment. <laughs> I was actually, and it's just finished there, we were talking about earlier, Rachel Levy's car, the white Mark II in America that was been built. Nick was helping her with it. Yeah, yeah. That car, the the level of detail in it is crazy. Um, it sort of takes the resto mod title to the extreme. You know, everything looks like it could be factory, but if you knew what you're looking at, it's really not. 
and the the details and that stuff really really gets me i could look over that all day yeah it's class i think she actually said that that she was trying to make it sort of oem looking and yeah it's, it's gone a bit beyond that now but as and I, I said on the comments on the virtual dust off, I said, well, you've definitely achieved that because that car looks as if that's the way it should have come out of the factory. Yeah. There's not, you know, massive, super noticeable Larry mods on it, but it just looks right. Yeah. You're right there. Like, it's, That's all the small details. Yeah. It's the kind of car you can look around and keep coming back to it and finding new stuff every time, which yeah. is, I, I'm really into that. Locally, yeah, Bert's thing, every time Bert puts an alert, puts a post up about working on the car, I'm like, yeah, that thing's really, really cool. Because he built it, then he, he re-spread it in that like sort of satin, I don't know if it's dark grey or black, it's more like a dark satin dark grey. And then he brought it to Dubshed once and I'd never seen it again, so it's good yeah. to see it out and about in the interior and it's crazy, the, the red leather, the contrast. Yeah, it's really nice. There's a bit of tuning about the engine too. Yeah, uh, I, I shit talk diesels, but that thing is an animal. Marty Mim, he says, I can't think of an automotive question, so how's your bathroom doing? It's not bad. It needs finished. Mine's fine. Is he talking about yours? Uh, <laughs> he's talking about mine. We finally got the door painted and hung. I don't know if we talked about that last time or not. No, that was the first week off, or first day off for Easter. I've kind of got uh, buildings anxiety of finishing it. Yeah, it's like it's so nearly done, but there's just one or two little details that need finishing off. One thing I don't do is 240 electrics, like 240 volt I don't touch. So need, well, I think Dan, he's lined up to wire up the mirror and the extractor fan, but God knows when that's going to happen at the minute, but I'll definitely not be doing it. I don't want to get blown out through the wall. <laughs> so I thought you'd be well versed in explosions after your leaf bomb oh, yeah. They're planned explosions. Well, some of them are planned. <laughs> well, no, he's been electrocuted <laughs> before, so I don't think it's an experience he wants to repeat. Yeah, it was electrocuted before with 240 volt and it wasn't that nice. Yeah, I remember, I think it was about 18, and we had an extension lead. And it was really, really sketchy. Oh, yeah. Well, um, one of them. It was raining outside. And I touched the extension lead to pull the plug out. Yep. And it was like somebody just got a bat and beat my hand away from it. Yeah. The the one for me was, again, in the workshop where everything seems to happen. The pillar drill had been plugged in for years. It was something that was used occasionally, but it was never really unplugged. And I went to unplug it without turning it off. But I didn't realize that on the far side of the plug where I couldn't see, the actual plug, the plastic was broken away and the pin was exposed. So I just put my finger straight onto it. Uh, there's bound to be people listening that have been electrocuted before, but it's like everything slows down and it's like a thud. It's like you can feel your heart beating in slow motion. It's oh, it's a strange experience and I don't really want to want to experience it again. I think Paddy was there and he said you made a noise like a wounded cow or something. Yeah, it was just like, says a like a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, him and Dan said it was just like... <laughs> I'm not repeating that, so no. Touch wood, it has never happened to me. I've got the odd, like, slight jab off my... I had an old hairdryer that was a bit sketchy, and it used to give you the odd kind of buzz, but it, it was just more like a static shock. A single shock. eye. I had a laptop <laughs> like that as well. Um, Again, Ronan underscore hits 21, he says, Congrats on us fooling the Yanks to win prizes. Your car's in pieces and mine's blown up. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to send us the show organisers, Lee. What do you think? Yes, I think so, Nigel. Um, well, I was speaking to Joe Booth today. He's one of the main uh, judges and he knows well, so it's fine. It's all good. <laughs> I s- Park her up, Connor. Park her up. That's it. The, the bribes went well. Actually, speaking of which, the next question, Corey.si, shout out to Corey, one of the Revival Motoring Podcast guys. He says, how much did you pay to win the Mark Three class at Dustoff? <laughs> 
So as we can see, there's a theme with giving me abuse here. I think it was a couple of packets of uh, soda fars you talk about, though. Well, <laughs> there potentially was a few packs of crisps sent over to Joe Booth. But that was me. Yeah, Lee sent them. I sent them and I didn't even win. Joe got confused and <laughs> voted for the wrong car. <laughs> Joe actually, Joe's Instagram name for anyone listening is mygti underscore ma. And he does this weird thing where he basically buys obscure packets of crisps or chips as they call them and tries them. So Lee has sent him a, essentially a parcel of Northern Ireland crisps from the sample and see what he thinks of. She did find some in the south, which had, uh, what flavour were they? Bacon and cabbage? Bacon and cabbage, which I think, and smoke. Irish stew. Irish stew, That's... maybe, but bacon and cabbage, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I take it there's a few tato put in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course. Onion rings, bikers, normal tato. Yeah. So, it'd be interesting to get some feedback on Do that. Do you like bad breath? Eat these. <laughs> <laughs> Do you never want to kiss a woman again? <laughs> yes, if you follow uh, hashtag Joe Eats Weird Chips. Yep, it's all there. <laughs> Oh dear. And lastly then, again we have 413 Eric. He says, how was it having your car to USA show? That was actually a plan of mine early last, last year, year to do. I originally was building the Mark III to ship it across. Had everything organised, boats were priced, everything was pretty good to go. And then discovered that one of the strut towers was rotten. And then it became an epic. And then the other strut tower was rotten. Yeah. And then. And then it became a normal Mark, a Mark III. III happened. <laughs> so yeah, it kind of the build at Mark III life. That's it. Yep. So the build kind of got out of hand, and there was no point in shipping something over that Lee and I had planned actually to do kind of an East Coast tour. It was kind of before so we cool. met a lot of these guys, and we're just going to do a few shows. And we'd done some shows over there, and just thought it'd be cool to do like a road trip. And we kind of priced it that it wasn't much more expensive to do than going to Worthersea, which a lot of people so well, a lot of people actually drive to from here. So I thought, why not go the other way and get to do it? So hopefully someday it'll happen. They just need to finish the car first. No, it's good to be involved in a virtual show online in America. Yeah, definitely. And as I said, it was the main reason I entered the car was to support it. A good bunch of guys and they're trying something different. So why wouldn't you? So that finishes up then for the, the questions for this week. Thanks very much again, everybody. Yep, really appreciate it. So that's the questions over. Thanks very much, guys, again. This week, we talked about it on Instagram. I should have put a post up last week about it on Instagram. We're going to do a giveaway between Reload and Reload Podcast. We're going to do a garage banner, maybe a T-shirt, and a few bits and pieces. So this will go out Wednesday-ish, Wednesday, yeah. Thursday, yeah, sort of mid to late week. We're probably going to do it at the weekend. It'll be the usual like, share, Tag a few friends. You know, some good prizes. And uh, would like you all to get involved. If you could, please, just stay tuned to social media for that. Yeah, we'll definitely promote it and put it out there. One thing I will say is that the banners are fantastic. And there's very yeah. few, like, I don't know any of the other, you have lots of, like, different clothing brands and sort of lifestyle automotive brands, but nobody seems to be doing workshop banners, which Reload do, and they're so cool, the designs. And, like, if, if you're... They're really good quality as well. Yeah, like, we get this garage up, they're going to be everywhere, that's... Oh, yeah, that's going for to sure. the thing. <laughs> yeah, the, them banners do very well at shows. Yeah. Once people see them, feel the quality of them, like... Yeah, and they've, like... The designs are... Too, they really are you have a lot of the, the Volkswagen stuff and then even just for Euro guys you have you know the Thunder and Herd and the Porsche stuff as well it all ties in really well all the German theme so if, it's that, if that's your thing check out the website Reload Global yeah get on it yeah so I think that's we're going to wrap it up there and that'll do us for this episode 
coming up on the next episode, we're going to have Sean Maynard, who's the experiential marketing guy for Volkswagen of America. So just have a good chat with him and see what goes on on that side of the world. That'll be really cool. Yeah. If anyone knows him at all, this guy has, for me, the best job in the world. So it'll be great to get talking to him and learn all about it. As ever, you can find ourselves on social media, Facebook and Instagram at Reload Podcast. I'm Connor McCann. I'm at Maxwell House 46. And I'm at VDubboy. And don't forget as well, please, to like and subscribe. And if you can leave us a review of the podcast on whatever platform you listen to, really helps us out as well. Yeah, preferably iTunes, but any of them will do. I think I, for some reason, I think iTunes seems to be the one to do, but I, I will take any of them. They're all good. So yeah, don't care if it's funny. If you, if, you can't, if you can't do that, just tell a friend. Word of mouth is good as well. Yeah, plenty of options. We can put it out there and... If you don't like us, don't tell anybody. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> yeah, but if, if you like it, go for it. Get it out there. And thanks yeah. again for listening, everybody. Yep, thanks very much. Goodbye. Bye. Yep, cheers, guys. Thanks.